Thank you, Gloria. That was beautiful. Calvary covers it all. It's amazing. We sing that quite a bit at the breaking of bread, but we don't have it in the database back there. So it wasn't Ed's fault. Uh, we can't blame Ed for it not being up there. That's my fault. I shouldn't have told you it would be up there. I should have known. We better check first. That's my fault. But thank God that the Lord is good and that is a beautiful hymn and it is a blessing. Shall we just open in a word of prayer this morning? Father, we just want to thank you for the opportunity to be here today. We thank you that you've given us your word, the Bible. We thank you for the power of your word, Lord, and the instruction that we receive. And we just pray that we will humble ourselves before you today. And whatever you have to tell us, that we will do it. That we will apply your word in our lives and you will strengthen us for the journey. We're on a journey, Lord, to heaven. And it's a long journey much like the Israelites went through in the wilderness. And we have to trust you for everything that comes, hard or easy, whatever battles and storms and troubles and trials we have, we give thanks for them. And we pray now that you'll quiet our hearts and speak to us by your spirit in a powerful way. And we pray that you will hide me behind the cross and that you will be glorified, Lord Jesus, we pray in your precious name. Amen. You know, the Bible's filled with Bible characters, men and women who lived for the Lord, lived godly lives and, and did so many great things. In fact, we have Hebrews chapter 11, which is God's hall of fame. It's God's hall of faith, actually, composed of men and women who had faith in God and put that faith into action. But rarely do you see from the scriptures couples, couples mentioned as serving the Lord together. But, you know, certain couples in the Bible are associated together quite a bit. You have Abraham and Sarah. You have Zacharias and Elizabeth. You have Boaz and Ruth. You have Isaac and Rebekah. Different couples. They're beautiful couples that the Lord brought together in love. And they lived for the Lord and served Him in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. But in the New Testament, there's a couple that stand out for the fact that whenever they're mentioned, they're always mentioned together. You never hear them mentioned separately. Everything they did together, they were one in everything. And their names are Aquila and Priscilla. Now, you may have run across them when you read through the Scriptures, or you may never have heard of them before. It's interesting, I was, having, I was eating my lunch in the cafeteria the other day, and I was reading through the Word, and this gentleman comes up to me and he says, you know, I think that's really neat that you're reading your Bible openly like that in, in the cafeteria in front of everybody. I said, yeah, I do it every day. And he and I got to talk. He's a Christian. He goes to the Walnut Creek Presbyterian Church. And so I was uh, telling him that I was going to be speaking on Sunday. Somehow it came up and I said, I'm going to be speaking on a, a, bi- a couple of Bible characters. I don't think I've ever heard a message on it before, at least not for many, many years. And I said, it's on Aquila and Priscilla. He says, you know what? Our pastor just spoke on that last week. I said, wow, that's amazing. It's amazing. But it's a beautiful subject because these two individuals had a great impact on the early church. They had an impact on the Apostle Paul. They had the impact on Apollos. They had the impact on many Christians. And we're going to look at their lives today because they were very special Christians. And I thank God for all the couples we have in our church. The ones that serve the Lord together. For example, Mike and Ginny. They remind me of Aquila and Priscilla because they open their home every Friday to us as single people to come and have fellowship, a great meal, and hear the Word of God. And they've done it for years. And they're not about to stop until we go home to be in heaven. 
They're Aquila and Priscilla. Adel and Sylvia also remind me of Aquila and Priscilla because everything they do is in harmony. They're in oneness with each other. They pray together. They pray for us. They serve us. They teach the word. They impart to us counsel and they do it together. And so I was so blessed when I read this story in the 18th chapter of Acts and other scriptures in the New Testament about them because they were missionaries. They were evangelists. They were teachers of the word. They were self-employed tent makers. They were those who did everything together. And as I said, and they show a great example to us as believers and how we should serve the Lord in a committed way and how we should serve the Lord together. If the Lord's given you a partner, a husband, a wife, thank God for that person. Serve the Lord together. Open your home for Him and, and allow God to use you in a big way as a couple. Not just as two individuals, but as a couple. The Bible says the two shall become one flesh. And that's exactly what happened with Aquila and Priscilla. They got married and they got saved. And I would like to think they probably got saved at about the same time in Rome. And it's a wonderful thing. They were both from, well, Aquila anyway, he was from Pontius and probably she was too. And they got together and they moved to Rome. And that's where the story really takes up uh, in the New Testament and the great impact they had. And we're going to look this morning briefly at uh, several things. Number one, their departure from Rome. Number two, the divine intervention that God used to bring them together with the Apostle Paul and what a blessing it was to him and to them. Third, their dedication to the cause of Christ and to the Apostle Paul himself. And number four, their determination to help Apollos, a godly preacher, understand the way of truth more accurately. So may the Lord encourage us from his word this morning. They were living in Rome, serving the Lord, using their time, their talents and their treasures for the kingdom. And all of a sudden, an edict came down from Caesar. Claudius Caesar made an edict that all Jews in Rome had to leave. He basically was throwing them out. He was kicking them out. He was showing them the door to leave Rome. We don't want any Jews here. It was a spirit of anti-Semitism that was existing at that time. And as I was researching this and studying this, I found out this wasn't the only time that the Jews were, were thrown out like this in Rome. It happened many, many times, about seven times altogether. And here they were. And so they had to leave their home. They had to leave the business that they had. They had to go out to somewhere else. And sometimes the Lord allows things in our lives we don't understand. Why this happened to me, Lord? Why are you directing in this way? And we know from this church and we know from the teaching that we have, we should never move anywhere unless it's God's perfect will. If it's his perfect will and he shows you clearly, we move. If he doesn't, we stay put. Well, God very clearly showed them it was time for them to move on and take their ministry to other cities. And that's what they did. It reminds me of the early Christians in Jerusalem and Judea. They stayed there in Jerusalem. But remember what the Lord had said to them. He says, you're going to be witnesses to me when the Holy Spirit comes upon you in Jerusalem and Judea. They got that right, but they didn't take it any further. He says, and then to Samaria and then to the uttermost parts of the earth. So he moved them. He moved them out to move on that the gospel would spread throughout the whole world. And that's what happened 
with the, with the Christians there, and it happened with Aquila and Priscilla as well. But they were a wonderfully saved couple. They loved the Lord, and so they packed up, they moved out of Rome, and they ended up in Corinth. In this city of Corinth, this commercial city, we studied about it in our Bible study on Wednesday nights not that long ago. We finished up 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. And it's such a blessing. And Paul here was also in Corinth at the same time. So we like to say this was a divine coincidence to bring them together at that time. And that's what he did. And isn't it amazing how the Lord brought Aquila and Priscilla that we know, Adel and Sylvia, all the way from Lebanon here to be pastors of this church and serve the Lord in this church over the years. And it's really amazing how the Lord works. And He doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't fail to come through. He does things for a reason. And we can be thankful that He does that. But I'm thankful that Aquila and Priscilla were both saved. They both loved the Lord. They both studied His Word and they both served the Lord. And it is such a blessing. When you have a partner who knows the Lord and loves the Lord, you're blessed right off the get-go. You are blessed. Some Christian uh, individuals, husbands, wife, they don't have the blessing of having a saved partner. So they're praying for their husband or they're praying for their wife to get saved. And that's why in 1 Corinthians 7, Paul mentions that you don't know a wife whether you will save your husband or you don't know a husband will you save your wife. You may pray for them. And so we pray that couples will get saved and then open their hearts to serve the Lord and be a blessing. And it is such a great thing. You know, God moves in mysterious ways and He does great things in our lives and we should be so thankful that He does that. And so then we see the divine intervention about meeting the Apostle Paul. Let's turn over to Acts chapter 18 and let's look at these verses for a moment in the first part of Acts chapter 18. Acts chapter 18, we'll read the first three verses for now. It says, And after these things, Paul departed from Athens and went to Corinth. And he found a certain Jew named Achilla, born in Pontius, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to depart from Rome, and he came to them. So, because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked. For by occupation they were tent makers. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded both Jews and Greeks. May God bless the reading of his word to our hearts. So there they were in Corinth. The Apostle Paul is in Corinth. So Corinth was a big place. It's like going to San Francisco. How would you find necessarily anybody in San Francisco? You go there, you're one of about many thousands of people. It's spread out city like that. Corinth was very similar to San Francisco. But guess what? The Holy Spirit doesn't have problems with bringing two people together. He can take a needle in a haystack and put them together. I mean, he, he brought them together into the life of the Apostle Paul and the Apostle into their lives. And it's amazing to me that they were both tent makers. Now, a lot of times we wonder about that, but tent making profession was very important in the days of the New Testament. People lived in tents. A lot of times they had these. And when they traveled, they would travel with the tent. They'd set it up and so forth. And tents needed 
fixing. They needed mending. They, so the tent maker was not only one who made the tent, but they also had to repair the tent. So there was plenty of business for everybody. Plenty of business for Paul and for Aquila and Priscilla, and they shared this. So they came into contact one, one another. And some Bible scholars tell us that probably Aquila and Priscilla had a home there at that time, and they invited the Apostle Paul over for dinner. That reminds me too of Adel and Sylvia when they were in Lebanon because they met Bill McDonald. He came to speak and Adel actually interpreted for Bill McDonald in the church in which he was speaking. And that's how they met Bill McDonald for the first time. And then fast forward that to years later where Bill McDonald took Adel and Sylvia aside. He says, you know, you guys should start a church in Danville. You should, you should start a new work in Danville. And guess what? The rest is history. Isn't it amazing how God brings people into our lives that we need to, to know and to hear from right when we need to know and hear from them? And the Lord is so good about that. He's so faithful. So we brought this couple into the life of the Apostle Paul. And I'm sure they had good fellowship, had great times and shared over that. And they had something in common. They were tent makers. They shared that same occupation. But more than that, they shared a love for the gospel. They shared a love for the Lord Jesus Christ. They shared a passion for the work of God to spread and for people to come under the sound of the word. They may have been tent makers, but in their hearts, they were disciple makers. And that's what Aquila and Priscilla were, and that's what Paul was as well. So they had that in common. They had the same passion. And so we as Christians should have that same passion as well. And you know, when you meet a Christian that you just hit it off with from the very beginning and you become friends with that Christian, it's a lifelong friendship. And guess what? It's more than just a lifelong friendship. It's for all eternity. I met Bill for the first time in 1978. We were in the intern program. He's my friend for life. He is. I love this brother. He's one of my best friends. And Adel, too. I met him in 1979 and Sylvia and I came out here. And I'm so thankful for these friendships and friendships with all of you. I don't know how I would get through my Christian life and all the things I've been through without you. The Lord first and you. And we support each other. We love each other. We pray for each other. And that's exactly what Aquila and Priscilla do did throughout this time. They, they loved the Apostle Paul and he loved them and they had good friendship together. You know, the scripture is very clear on this in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. It talks about the kind of friendship that we as believers have, the support we get from each other. I'm going to read these verses. It says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Now, doesn't that remind you of Aquila and Priscilla? They were together, the two of them. And then Paul was that threefold cord that encouraged them and they encouraged him. It's such a blessing to see the camaraderie they had, the love that they had for each other and how they preached the word to each other. In Proverbs 17, 17, it says, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. You know, I'd rather have one true blue friend to stand with me and stand by me than a hundred fair weather friends that are with me 
when things are going good, but when things are not going good, they're, they're away. They, they run far away. Proverbs 18.24 says, A man who has friends must show himself friendly, but there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And that's the kind of friendship they forged. That's the kind of friendship they had all their lives. And that's the kind of friendship Jesus has with us. He says, I call you my friends. I call you my friends. Because he loves us so much. And so when Paul was writing his letters, many times he would include Aquila and Priscilla in it. And it says in Romans chapter 16, verses 3 through 5, where he's writing to the Romans this great epistle that he wrote, and he mentions to greet Aquila and Priscilla. It says in Romans 16, 3 through 5, it says, Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus. And listen to this who risk their own necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles likewise greet the church that is in their house. Now, we don't know what they did. We don't know how they risked their life for the Apostle Paul, but he especially mentions it. They risked their lives for him. They put their necks out there. Some say it was probably when he was in Ephesus and they had all those riots going on and everything and maybe they, they helped him out. They risked their lives to, to save Paul at that time. We don't know what it was. We won't know until we get to heaven. But one thing's for sure, Paul appreciated it. And he makes special note that they risked their life for him. It reminds me of the story in the Old Testament where David was in the cave of Adullam and all the enemies were out there and he was in the cave and he just kind of said, and I don't know, he said it too loud. He just says, oh, that I had a, could get a glass of water from that well in Bethlehem, that beautiful well. I wish I could get a glass of water. Well, three of his men got up. And we don't know their names. They're not mentioned. They're just called, quote, the three, unquote, the three. They're known as the three. Three of them got up. They went out of the cave. They went through the camp of the Philistines. They didn't just go behind enemy lines. They went through the camp of the Philistines, risking their lives to get him a drink from that well. They brought it back in, a, in some kind of a cup or a chalice and they gave it to David. And he says, I can't drink this. And he poured it out as a ground on the offering. He says, These, this is the price of men's blood. They risked their lives for this. I can't do it. In verse 17 of that chapter, it says, and he said, far be it for me, O Lord, that I should do this. Is this not the blood of these men who went in jeopardy of their lives? Therefore, he would not drink it. These things were done by the three. And it's mentioned throughout the scripture. He talks about those three. There were other men in his among his mighty men that did great things, but they never attained to what the three did. They never did. The three were always the top of the line. They were the top ones of David's men. And then thirdly this morning, we want to see how they helped Apollos. Now, here's the story. Here was Apollos. He was a great preacher. He's mentioned in the book of, of 1 Corinthians in such a way as he's right on a par with the Apostle Paul. Some people, in fact, were saying, I am of Paul, or in others, I am of Cephas, I am of Apollos. And Paul was saying, no, no, you're of Christ. Don't put us as men in that category. You want to be of Jesus and honor him that way. But people loved Apollos and he was a great man. Well, at this point in time, he was preaching the word, but all he knew at this point was the baptism of John. 
He knew that John had been on the scene. John said, repent and, 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 and come and prepare your way because the Messiah is coming. And he preached a strong message. Well, Aquila and Priscilla were listening to that and they say, it's not really saying anything wrong. But he's in kindergarten. He, he doesn't know the full truth. He doesn't know the full gospel. All he knows is up to John the Baptist. He doesn't know the gospel. So what they did was they took him aside and they explained it to him more accurately. In other words, they took him aside privately and explained the whole gospel to him. Not just up to that point of John, but on how Jesus came, how he lived his life, he taught, he healed, he preached, and then he went to the cross and died for us and they told him the whole thing. And at that moment, Apollos got saved. And now he's not just a mighty orator who's eloquent and a great speaker, but now he's filled with the Holy Spirit because he has... Christ in his life and his preaching took on a a new impact, a new meaning. And it's so fantastic, all because they were willing to take him aside privately and talk to him. They, They didn't say, well, it's not the politically correct thing to do for us as tent makers, us as a couple, taking aside this great orator and talking to him. Let somebody else do it. Maybe Paul on his next trip or maybe somebody else will talk to him. No. We need to talk to him. So they prayed about it. They went and they talked to him. And they were willing to do that. And because they were willing to do it, and because Apollos was a humble man, he received the truth and his life was changed. And so now they've had an impact on Paul and now they've had an impact on Apollos. By having the impact on Paul and Apollos, just think how that spread out through the whole world. This couple who God saved and brought together into salvation and and made them one in all that they did have now had an impact. And they had not only an impact on Paul and not only an impact on Apollos, but they had an impact on the church that met together in their house. Isn't that neat? You read these things in Scripture and sometimes we just kind of pass right over them. It says the church that was in their house. In the days of the New Testament, because of the persecution and all the things that were going on, they didn't have meeting halls like this. They met in homes, sometimes in caves, different things, but they met in in homes. And Aquila and Priscilla were willing to open their home to have the Christians come over and fellowship there and hear the word of God and break bread just like we do. And they met in their home. And so when Paul writes to them, he says, greet Aquila and Priscilla and the church that is in their house. It's amazing. Their story is amazing. Their lives were amazing. And it's not something like they were super, super Christians or put them up on a big pedestal. They were just ordinary, humble Christians who served the Lord. And the Lord used them to win souls, to build up his people and to teach the word of God. And that's what he wants us to do. When the Lord gets an army together, he gets all of us together as one and marching out to serve him. And we're just ordinary Christians. A lot of times they call us lay Christians, but there's no lay Christians. Every Christian should be a servant. Every Christian should be a missionary. Every Christian should be serving the Lord every day in our lives, whether we're at work or school or in our neighborhoods or wherever we go. God has put us there just like he put Aquila and Priscilla in Rome. And then he put them there in Ephesus and he put them in Corinth. And later on, they were back in Rome again. So they traveled about and wherever they went, they made tents. They supplied their needs, just like Paul. And then they won souls to Christ. So they were a blessed couple, loved the Lord and served him daily. 
So as we look this morning, as we close our meeting, we want to look at some of the lessons that we've learned from their lives. We've seen how God took them out of where they were in Rome. Not that there was anything wrong being in Rome, but he moved them from Rome to Corinth and then they moved to Ephesus and to uh, Rome again. But it's a blessing to see that they were willing to open their hearts. They were willing to open their home. They were willing to, to serve him wherever he wanted them to go. And so they were a blessed couple and they weren't afraid to take aside a man who is mighty in the scriptures, who knew the Old Testament like Apollos. I mean, it would be like taking aside somebody that who was a great preacher, nationally known, internationally known, but didn't know the gospel. And there are preachers like that. They don't know the Lord, but they are powerful speakers in, in a sense from an earthly standpoint. But then when they get saved, the power is not from themselves. It is from the Holy Spirit. So thank God that they were willing to do that. And they were willing to speak up and do what's right, not just what's politically correct. They were willing to do what's spiritually correct. And there are times we have to do that in life as well. It may not be popular what we share, but it is right. It is the truth. It is the gospel. And we need to have that as our words to people. And they spoke to people clearly, directly and lovingly and gently. They didn't take the Bible and hammer it on people's heads. They didn't cram it down their throats, but they lovingly shared the truth like they did with Apollos. They shared it with people and people were naturally gravitating toward them. And that's the way people should gravitate toward us because the love of Christ should just be flowing out of our spiritual pores to such a degree that people love us because they see Christ in us. And then they, they serve the Lord as a couple. I really like that. They serve the Lord as a couple. You know, if you go and attend any of these Friday groups or you know about the Friday groups, the junior high and the high school and college career and everything, notice how many couples are serving in this ministry. Now, there are some individuals too, but there are couples that are serving the Lord together. I think that's the best. And personally, I love to see people get saved in the church and get married and serve him in the church. It, it just to me, that's the best. It's just fantastic. And I thank the Lord for all the married couples we have here and all of you that are serving and how we have individuals serving the Lord, too. We don't ever read about Aquila and Priscilla having any children, but whether they did or not, can you imagine what kind of household that would be if they had kids? They would, those kids would be learning the Word of God. They would be going to Scripture memory class. They'd be going to Sunday school. They would be learning at home as well. And parents, I'll tell you this, if you want your kids to grow up and get saved and you want them to learn the Word, it's got to start at home. It's got to start at home. If you just rely on the church and Sunday school, that's not enough. It's got to be in the home. And that's why godly couples that share the word in the home, it's beautiful, it's needed, it's so important. And then finally, they had an effect on other Christians, whether older or younger Christians. Like I mentioned, they had an effect on Paul, they had an effect on Apollos, they had an effect on people in their home. They left behind a legacy. And that's what the Lord wants us to do. He wants us to leave behind a legacy. So that when we're gone one day, if the Lord chooses to take us before the rapture, we can say, I miss brother so-and-so or I miss sister so-and-so. They were such a blessing and we can reminisce about what they did for the Lord. And that's what happened with Apollo, Aquila and Priscilla. I can imagine, can you imagine the funeral service? And they may have 
passed away at the same time. And they would have this memorial service for them like we, we have here. And people would come from Corinth and they would come from Ephesus and they would come from all over the world at that time and Rome and everything. And they would come and they would remember what this couple did for the Lord. That's special. That's beautiful. We want to have an impact on people so that when the end of our life comes, we can say, thank you, Lord, for using us for your glory. You know, the Lord says in his word, and it's so true, we're immortal until our work on earth is done. He's not going to take us home. He's not going to carry us away yet until the work's done. When our work on earth is done, he's going to say, come on home, Dean. It's time. Let's go. And we'll be ready to go. So may the Lord encourage us to be like Aquila and Priscilla. Whether you're a single person or whether you're a married couple, let's be like them. Let's emulate them. Let's emulate Paul. Let's emulate these Christians who their whole life revolved around serving the Lord. It didn't revolve around community service and politics. And not that there's anything wrong with some of these things, but their whole life was centered on Christ. It was founded on Christ, like Mike was sharing at the breaking of bread. Christ is our foundation. He should be our main focus and focal point. When we get up in the morning till we go to bed at night, it should be about the Lord Jesus Christ and his salvation that he's given to us. And if you don't know the Lord is your savior, today's the day to get saved. Don't leave this sanctuary unless you know that you have received the Lord Jesus Christ as your savior. Because all it takes is humbling ourselves and say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know that you died for me on that cross. I know that I messed up my life. I've been trying to run the whole thing myself. It doesn't work. And to repent of your sins and ask Jesus to come into your heart, he will save you and he will make you an Aquila and an Priscilla. He will make you a Christian. He will give you the kind of life that you're looking for, that there's hope. He gives us hope. He gives us satisfaction. He gives us fulfillment that you can't find in the world. I look at the world today and I know a lot of people and people are looking for that one thing in life to make them really happy. And when they think they finally got it, then they realize that wasn't what was going to make them happy at all. So they got to go on another search to find something else like a scavenger hunt. We don't have to do that in life. Christ has given us the joy. He's given us the peace. He's given us the life. And when you have Christ in your life, you can face a crisis. You can face a trauma. You can face anything that the Lord had, like Aquila and Priscilla did. And so may the Lord encourage you today to get saved. Shall we just close in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the lives of Aquila and Priscilla. What a godly couple, missionaries, evangelists, teachers, servants of the Lord. We're so thankful for everything they did was together. They had a great impact on people around them in their world. And Lord, help us to have an impact on our world, Lord. Help us to leave the fragrance of Christ wherever we go. Help us to be a blessing. And we do pray for our dear brother and sister Adel and Sylvia and all the family that are on vacation. Please give them a good restful time. We thank you so much for what they've blessed us with over the years. And may you just give them all the joy of, of their lives in this vacation. So, Lord, we just thank you and we pray if there's anyone here who's not saved, that today will be the day that they will accept you into their lives, Lord Jesus, and be born again and have that peace and life in you. And so we pray that you'll help us, Lord, to go forward and be encouraged in your word today. We thank you for all that you've done for us. In Jesus' precious name, amen.